www.gamefreebrooklyn.org. Hey guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And despite the, um, you know, disclaimer that you just heard, I am in fact live in the studio. Yes, my friends, I braved, um, basically a brave transportation and I made my way to Bushwick because I really wanted to play this at least one live show for you guys. Um, my guests are actually uh, videoing in today, actually, to kind of explore basically. Um, I mean, I've had guests video in before, but I feel like now it has like a new context because of everything that's going on with the coronavirus and everyone trying to social distance. Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. First, let's make sure we can hear these guys. Uh, say hello, everybody from Electric Lit. Hello. Hello. <laughs> but there's actually three of us, but one of us just disappeared for a second. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's back. Oh. There you are. I'm back. Woo. <laughs> I, I panic refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. That is uh, definitely part of playing remotely. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and what you do for Electric Lit, and then we'll chat for a little while. Yeah, I'll start. I'm, I'm uh, Jess Zimmerman. I'm the editor-in-chief of Electric Lit. I'm Erin Bartnett. I'm the associate editor of Recommended Reading, which is the weekly fiction magazine at Electric Lit. I'm Calvin Kosolke. I am our marketing and development associate. Cool. Thank you to all three of you for, again, uh, videoing in today. How are you all doing? Um, how are you all doing with working from home slash just being at home. <laughs> I mean, we do a lot of work. Like, we end up working at home a lot, I think. we, we Our office has always been closed on Fridays. And, like, I, I'm the only person here who's full-time, but I think we all sort of do a lot of work in the evenings. So, so really part of the tricky thing is not working from home because it's, like, now it's the weekend and, like, we're supposed to you know, leave at six and we're checking in on Slack being like, okay, I'm going home. And I'm like, yeah, just kidding. I'm, I'm not going anywhere and I'm going to keep doing exactly what I've been doing all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though, no, that's totally fair. Um, I definitely feel like as we um, are like my work at my work, my day job is also everyone is working from home right now. It did take a bit of an effort to get everyone into a place where they actually could work from home because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, book publishing, we're fairly, you know, paper based society. Um, so like digital is a little bit of a mixed bag, but, um, generally, you know, we do okay. And, um, I think that it's been interesting to kind of be like, well, business as usual at the same time that we're just not going as many places. Um, yeah. I will say it has led to a lot more social conversations for me, actually. Like I spent an hour on a video conference with some friends who we live like all over the United States. And um, like we've been we talked for like an hour and a half and we hadn't done that in a while. So I feel like a lot of people have been reaching out more um just you know digitally so that's been interesting um what about aaron calvin how has uh everything been for y'all have you been jonesing for gaming has it been i guess it really just started but like how's it been going 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going as well as it can. Um, So sort of to your point, like, I do find that I'm connecting with a lot of people that I wouldn't otherwise be checking in on or checking in with. But it does also feel like people are living in multiple realities right now. And um, it's really, (laughs) yeah, for sure, it's kind of hard to juggle those and negotiate how to talk to everyone in my life. Uh So that's, you know, especially when you're in sort of close quarters with a couple of people, you're all looking at each other like, okay, we agree on what's going on, right? Like we are all living in the same world together, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's a strange time. Are you guys having like arguments with your family members? Yes. Like, don't oh, you know you're not allowed to go to church, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm very fortunate that my my mother is a science writer, and uh-huh. so yeah. like she she wrote a book about emerging viruses in 1993. So like so first of all, like I've been prepared okay. for the fact that we will inevitably have a global pandemic. Yeah, that would definitely do. Since I was 13 years old, um, but also like she's just as baffled by by all of this as I am. You know, sure, in, totally. in terms of like people not taking it seriously. So, so I mean. In terms of Electric Lit, you guys are technically a digital publisher as well. So how does how has this affected what you guys have been writing and publishing? Or how do you think it will affect what you've been writing and publishing recently anyway? Speaking of, you know, stories about pandemics. Yeah, I mean, Erin, I'm, I'm curious what what you guys have been thinking from the fiction side. Like, I know what I've been thinking from the nonfiction side, but... Yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting because, you know, we are usually scheduling out our editorial calendar like two to three months ahead of time. So there is this uh, sort of uncanny experience where like I'm looking at things that I scheduled to publish right now and thinking about like how they're interacting with what's going on right now. And could I have anticipated that or, you know, it's now going to be... uh, sort of helpful for someone to read right now or this sort of churn and anxiety that doesn't need to be further churned. Um, and so I'm thinking that same way about stuff that we publish in the future, you know, cause I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's still ultimately like piece by piece and, you know, is the story well-written and captivating and doing something interesting and daring, you know, uh, but uh-huh. it, you know, it's hard not to be influenced by what's going on right now and think about, how this is also going to, I don't know, be in conversation with the rest of our readers' lives. Is there anything in particular that, like, you've had, that you've gotten, that is going to be published, like, in the upcoming weeks that, like, you think are particularly apt, like, coincidentally, or things that you're just kind of like, oh, this is going to be, have an entirely new light now, like, because of what's being published? Like, anything coming up? Hmm. I don't have to think about that. I don't know. Jess, do you have anything? I mean, so so uh, nonfiction, like, we can be a little bit more um, responsive because we just has, have more slots that we publish. So there's there's a limited amount of fiction per week. Um, and so so the thing that I've mostly been sort of considering is that I'm genuinely unsure the degree to which people only want to consume virus-related media versus mm-hmm. the degree to which like they want to be distracted mm. um and over the last week it's been not super definitive like we had we had a list of pandemic books this is the other thing is like i don't want to 
be, you know, I want to be giving people things that, that are informative and useful to them, but I also don't want to be like capitalizing on this. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, of course. But it seems like everybody, everybody wanted to read Station Eleven. Like as this was starting, everybody wanted to read Severin. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were like, all right, here's a list. And that did a huge amount of traffic. Um, but then our other biggest pieces in the last week, at least, were like about a 14th century mystic um, who had 14, or uh, sorry, um, yeah, 14th century mystic who had 14 children and <laughs> wow. uh, Bojack Horseman. Um, so, so it does seem like people are still sort of interested in engaging with kind of meaty essays. Yeah. So that's like, I'm sort of trying to figure out what's my balance of kind of responsive stuff versus distracting stuff. Yeah, I think we're all trying to figure out that balance right now for sure. Um and like when you are in charge of like a community, like how do you find yourself like responsible? Like and you find yourself feeling kind of responsible for what you put out there, like how do you handle that? You know what I mean? Cuz electric literature yeah. is a community, right? I mean, it's a nonprofit. Um, but it also does these like live events, like live reading sometimes too. Um, yeah, uh, we do have a live event coming up in May that's in collaboration with Caveat, which is a um, a New York City uh, events venue that does a lot of like a lot of like science stuff and history stuff. And and, um, and I don't I don't know the status of that. We had we had a fundraiser in the works that is like a little up in the air. So yeah, like we had a lot more. Um, you know, we have event stuff that is that is currently on ice. Um, right. But but fortunately, because we're a digital publisher, like there is a lot of sort of community engagement that we can still keep up on digital. But not if you know nobody can stop just refreshing Twitter or like yeah, you know, right. Of course, <laughs> I feel like I've been like full posts on Medium. <laughs> yeah, I've been definitely like drawn towards and been basically obsessed for some reason with Twitter because everyone's like. <sighs> Well, they're posting the mo- the strangest stuff. It's just fascinating, to be honest. But like, yeah. uh, speak of, speaking of Emily St. John Mandel, who wrote Station Eleven, like, um, it's been really interesting to see her responding to tweets being like, this is so much like this, and have her being like, not actually like this. <laughs> not <laughs> Still not actually like my book. Um, you know, and people being like, you know, I want to read this now, and having her be like, maybe wait a couple of months, like just kind of this author doing damage control for something that she created a couple of years ago. It's like a fascinating idea to me too. Um, yeah. And a very unique situation. Yeah. Um, but Hey, that's yeah. the power of story. Uh, Aaron, you were going to say something. Oh no. Well, I feel like actually like the, uh, one of the things that I am happy to go on Twitter for is actually to sort of track all of the books that are coming out in the next, you know, mm. couple of weeks or months um, because I I do want to be super aware of how I can support those books and how we can, you know, help those books that are currently struggling when a lot of their events are being canceled. And I feel like Twitter is a space where that conversation is actively being had right now. And people are figuring out how to make the best of the situation for these books. And so I will say that's like, you know, simultaneously this really sobering, uh, just one of the sobering elements of, you know, the current uh, reality um, but, but watching people try and figure out how to, how to make the best of this and how to connect and how to get the news out about these books is, it, that is sort of one of the 
bits of glitter on Twitter right now that I'm I'm happy to see. Hmm. Yeah. Yay, and independent bookstores also. Yeah. Yeah. And then also in the meantime, you can play Dungeons and Dragons on the internet for free. Yes. <laughs> uh, which is what we're doing right now. Um, we're actually using a a website specifically made so people can play Dungeons and Dragons long distance. It's called Roll20, not a sponsor. Um, but it's just, I thought that people who have been listening who maybe don't know or have not played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons themselves should definitely know that they can meet in this way like and it doesn't have to be Dungeons and Dragons but it's made for RPG gaming and um I think it's a really cool tool I definitely played around with it I like put up a um a map on the shared like chat room that like video room that we're in right now with like because um I don't know if I told our audience um or if they saw what I tweeted or what I posted on Facebook or whatever but uh uh, these lovely guests are going to be um, playing a bar fight in Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, um, which is a classic D and D scenario. <laughs> besides Dungeons and Dragons, fight. you know, just going into a very large, hectic, drunken battle. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun, like setting all of that up for sure. What are y'all's experiences with Dungeons and Dragons? Why don't you tell the audience? Uh, we were we were talking about this a little bit before uh, before we hopped on air. Yeah. Um, uh, to speak for Erin really quickly, for Erin, um, <laughs> hers, hers is none. Um, I was saying that I have been playing since college because uh, all my friends are nerds and were nerds and have always been nerds, and that is yeah. when I started playing like a three five. Uh, homebrew is maybe even generous for what we were doing. (laughs) Um, And then uh, a couple, a couple other, you know, sort of fate iterations here and there. Um, But have you been on and off playing D and D for, Oh no, 10 years. Um, Oh no. Actually, (laughs) I just realized, sorry, the crushing weight of my aging is is settling in on me. Oh sure. Okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I get that. Uh, well, uh, yeah. if it, if it helps, it, I can't, like, it doesn't seem, you don't seem old from what I can tell, regardless. Um, <laughs> no, he's very young, actually. <laughs> really, like, painfully, offensively young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've, I've only been playing uh, D&D for the last couple of years. I played, like, a different um, homebrew tabletop RPG before that, hmm. um, but... But I am in a very D and D heavy marriage, so we have a ton of, Ooh, <laughs> a romantic. Ton of books. Yeah, he's the DM. It's it's worked out very well for me. I, I definitely <laughs> have objects that I think I probably shouldn't have. Oh wait, hang on. Where's my owlbear? It's, uh, I made a little um, little needle felted owlbear. Okay, that's to represent. Adorable. He definitely let me get away with taming an owlbear. Well, the owlbear was already tamed, but he, he let me get away with uh, stealing a tame Keeping owlbear it. in a game that I was like, this is because I'm married to you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so did you meet, like, because of Dungeons and & Dragons, or does it just no, happen no, to be that was way? just a perk. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. It's always nice to uh, be in a relationship with a DM, because you always know somewhere to where the games are at, you know? You always know where to play. Uh, so I totally yep. get that. Yep. Um, 
And Aaron, how are you feeling going into your first uh, D and D? Uh, you know, I, I, uh, have some butterflies. I'm, uh, you know, I, I did some cursory reading, um, but hoping that my, uh, ineptitudes and curiosities, you know, weave their way into my character and somehow it all makes sense. Um, but you know, um, I'm excited to play. I've, I've been on the outskirts of D and D social networks and was too intimidated to invite myself in. Oh. So this is, I'm excited. Intimidated by dweebs. That's uh, <laughs> definitely a level. <laughs> it's, less, it's less dweeby now than it was when I was young. Like it's really gone pretty mainstream. I mean, Joe yeah. Manganiello plays D&D. That's, I don't know. That True. doesn't make him not a dweeb. Muscles don't, <laughs> muscles do not preclude you from being a dork. That's true. That just makes you a muscle wizard, essentially. <laughs> I mean, um, I was prepping by watching uh, D and Diesel, which is on. Oh YouTube. yeah, was that Vin Diesel with Vin Vin Diesel playing Dungeons and Dragons? That yeah. is the one. Yep. Jess, you don't know that Triple X is based on a lot of Vin Diesel's movies are based on his like D and D campaigns. I, I knew. Yeah, I knew he was. I knew Wait. he was a gamer. Um. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. The Chronicles of Riddick is just like a long running campaign that Vin Diesel is involved in that he insists on turning into a motion picture because he's Vin Diesel. <laughs> OK, um, you know, this Vin Diesel can saying. do what he wants. Muscles yeah. don't not make you a dork. If you had been, if you were Vin Diesel, wouldn't you be like, oh, my D&D campaign? That's a movie. That's the dorkiest thing you can possibly do. I do not care. Or is I, it the coolest? It, it doesn't matter. It's both. <laughs> it's both. Maybe the moral of the story is that um, we're all just becoming bigger and bigger dweebs. You know, right, like exactly. we're all nerds here. As a society, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. Precisely. It's, yeah, like, it's, a fellow, it's, it's a fellow traveler thing. Yeah, you can no universally see the dweebiness against the sort of background radiation of dweebiness. It's, just, it's, a, it's <laughs> a universal enthusiasm. Exactly. It's just, it's a level. It's just a level. Anyone can reach it. Like, right. Amazing. And it is, I mean, I will get one electric lit plug in before we get started. Yeah, but please. It, I was going to ask you to great, plug. Yeah, it's a great thing for writers to do. And we actually have, um, we did it, uh, uh, not an interview with with a live D&D podcast, but we had them interview each other mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago, basically about how D&D is great for writing and great for creativity and sort of learning how to um, storytell without self-editing too much. Um, so we have, and that's, I think, not our only D&D content. We have, a, we have occasional stuff about um, video games and stuff like that. So, so all of this is great sort of storytelling practice and great practice for writers. If you haven't in, embraced this specific dweebiness yet, this is a perfect time to do it because it is something that you can play in a distributed fashion without breathing on each other. Um, yeah, I mean, what a better time to dedicate yourself to learning something new that is slightly complicated than like right now. You know what I mean? Just sit mm-hmm. down and learn. Um, I think Roll20 even has a way for you to look for groups. So if you're trying, if you don't know who to play with and you want to check it out, I think you can go to the main website and there's a way for you to try to find people to play with there too. Um, So like, yeah, fucking go for it. Also, I will just say, especially if you are a genre writer and you suffer from uh, world building disease, um, (laughs) 
where you want you need everybody to know like the most obscure details about this beautiful world that you've built but there's no room because a novel can only be so many words legally um <laughs> consider consider and financially and, and financially let's yeah, be honest and yeah. <laughs> consider consider dungeons and dragons you can inflict your world building on a whole bunch of people and they don't have a choice because you're god <laughs> that's true you get to be god of your own world and put people in it yeah Exactly, and if you if, if the minor language of a subcontinent is 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 very important to you, guess what, buddy? You that you decide. That's up to you. You, you can make it important. You can make everybody learn that. <laughs> you could force it. I mean, there's also you know a level of you know as gods you know are uh, supposed to allow their creations to have free will. Your characters are your players are also supposed to have free will, but you know to yes. a point. Right. But they must they must live within the world that you've created. Right, of course. Exactly. It's a yes they can and do what they scenario. Want with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, um I want to dive in here to see how far y'all can get in this uh free for all. But before we do, um I'm going to go through a couple of promos that we have to do on air. Um so here here are a couple of them. Uh at Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, we always welcome new neighbors. Dashi, a new American restaurant and cafe specializing in Japanese and Asian comfort foods, has just opened at 119 Ingram Street, only a few blocks away from the Morgan L stop. Uh, they've got great dishes, noodles, rice dishes, small plates and salads. Uh, if you want a hamburger or a BLT, they've got that too. They're open almost every day, and you can order online so you don't have to go in and be with all the people. Uh, from Grubhub, Postmates, or DoorDash. Um, so check them out at dashibrooklyn.com. Uh, it's always a bit of an awkward and complicated time for uh, restaurants right now, and especially if they're a new one, you know, they could use the support. So give it some thoughts. Um, what else we got here? So here's an event that is actually still being um, still planned. We'll see what happens, but keep posted. But you should still know about Sisters with a Purpose. Uh, Sisters with Purpose seeks to empower women and their families by providing resources that will help them develop necessary skills to become engaged community participants. Um, on March 28th, they will be hosting their annual Women's History Luncheon to honor the amazing women in their community, but if you don't want to join a group event right now, um, you should make sure to check out their website called sisterswithpurpose.net. Uh, something that doesn't, and also something that doesn't involve interacting with people at all is donating to Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, we are still in the midst of our Drive to Five fundraising campaign. Um, in May, Radio Free Brooklyn turns five, and we need to raise $25,000 so we can continue bringing you commercial-free independent radio for another five years, uh, including current times like this where maybe you have a little bit more time on your hands and you want uh, something to listen to, great local content. Uh, maybe you're a little bit tired of listening to people talk about uh, Contagion, which apparently everyone's watching right now for some reason. Um, Radio Free Brooklyn is a pl great place to get away from that, uh, but also still know what's going on. Um, but we're only about 30% of the way there, and we have a long way to go in just a short couple of months. Um, if you want to make a donation, uh, you can text RFB give the number five. So that's RFB give the number five uh, to 44321. 
Or you can go to radyfreebrooklyn.org slash drive to five. That's five spelled out. Um, and you can like buy a t-shirt or you can just make a donation um, because we would really um, love to have your support as well as we continue to uh, try to provide a digital streaming space for people to connect and communicate, um, mm-hmm. especially in like what's happening right now. So please check all of that out. Um, I'd say we're about ready for some game. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's do it. it. Great. Let's, uh, get a bit of music up in here. And I think you guys should be able to hear that too, because you can actually play music through Roll20 and it's, uh, it's royalty free music. There's like an app there and you can like upload your own. Um, so this is just stuff that I pulled from Roll20. Let's see if it'll play here. Okay. I might have lost all of my guests while trying to do this. So we'll see what happens. Hello. <laughs> um, very exciting to have technical difficulties while trying to do this. Um, yep, they're all gone. I'm going to refresh myself now. Let's see if I can reconnect here. Um, hi, guys. <laughs> I got so excited. I, was, I played the music. All of you made an excited face and then froze like that on screen. And I was like, oh, no, I'm alone. <laughs> Well, we were bopping. Good, good. Glad you guys have been, glad you guys are enjoying. Um, But now let's get into a bit of story, because I think hopefully it'll hold. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you guys are, um, you guys are three bards. Actually, you guys should introduce your characters, is what y'all need to do, um, before we get into it, because our lovely listeners have no idea who you are. So why don't you do that for us real quick? Who wants to start, Calvin? Sure. Um, my bard, the first of the bard, uh, is uh, named uh, Glycon No Step. He's a Wanty pureblood, which is to say he is a snake person. Um, Exciting. Which is, yeah, but only he, a little snake, mostly person. Yeah, mostly mostly humanoid. Some snake details, some forked tongue, scales on like you know alopecia or acne or pick a skin two condition. Two legs. Two legs. Two legs. Two All legs. Right. Two arms. Um, person. Person height. Uh, standard, standard uh, adult man height, uh, but you know, fork tongue, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, some scales here and there. Oops. Um, uh, he's a bard, he plays the punchy, which is a uh, sort of gourd based uh, uh, instrument from like the you know, Indian subcontinent. Typically, it's the stereotypical snake charmer instrument, um, wow. which I imagine a fork tongue would actually probably help. Uh, Maybe play that, play that better than than, than the average human. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what else? What else you need to know? He he he's bard, uh, uh, college of lore, so not not super beefy, more more magicy. Uh, awesome, thank you, Glycon. Mm. Who's next? Uh, I'll do it. So I, I mean, I do, I do want to say that we thought it would be funny because we're a literature site to have everybody be a bard and just sort of see how long we survive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my bard is Doran Overholt. She's a half orc, um, bard college of valor. um, So a little bit more fighty. um, And 
Quay Bard, I would say that her performance style as a half orc, she's very she's pretty clumsy but extremely enthusiastic. Um, so we're looking at a more sort of punk genre. Uh-huh. Um, and like, uh, I did give her bagpipes. She also plays the drums. She mostly plays the drums. Um, and uh, amazing. Um, yeah, and she uh, importantly, I think for for you know character RP was um, was raised exclusively by humans, and so therefore like felt you kind of felt like a huge outsider as a person who was kind of tall and beefy and has big tusks you know bottom teeth tusks and is a little greenish um and so is actually like a very well-meaning like maybe too well-meaning person human human of work experience yeah no well yes Amazing. Um, Last but not least. So I'm Liliara Winterborn. Um, I am a half-elf raised by humans, college of glamour. Mm. Um, So I'm all about the dazzle and beauty, um, as I have been um, sort of consistently praised for throughout my life, um, which is why (laughs) I like to sort of downplay the half-elf part and... uh, live on as just a gorgeous human because um that's more interesting and uh my instrument is i guess mainly the lyre um and uh really i think it's a beautiful instrument but also have stage fright and so have only gotten as far as imagining how beautiful i would be on stage um but the minute i have to perform i freeze <laughs> Amazing. You need an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is all, this is, I mean, guest deserves a lot of uh, praise for this character. So, yeah, but I like the stage fright uh, edition, is all you. I love yeah. it. Uh-huh. Amazing. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, so, we have Glycon, Doran, Doran, I'm sorry. Doran. Doran, Glycon, yeah. Doran, and Liliana. Um, you all find yourselves, you are a traveling troupe of performers, and you find yourselves at the Midway Inn, um, a place that seems to be fairly crowded on this um, kind of Friday evening, we'll say. Um, so it's, you know, fairly crowded It because it is, of course, an open mic night. Uh, so uh, there are a lot of people at the bar, there are a lot of people at the tables. Uh, you guys have, you know... I don't know if you guys have partaken in the, uh, partook in the, uh, um, open mic night yet, um, but it's definitely a busy crowd. A couple of tables, like, we got, like, those wide ones with, like, like picnic bench tables and then, like, a large bar and, like, a stage, a couple of smaller tables close to. What, what 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 part of the night are we in? Are we in like the early like sort of mingling part of the night, or is it getting kind of late and people are getting kind of messy? People are getting pretty messy. Um, it's definitely like it's not like midnight, but it's definitely like towards like the ten to eleven p.m. range, like where people are like either people are bowing out because they're tired, tired, or people are getting more alcohol and being like, "I'm just getting started," like that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. It looks like we're all on stage, so if we all came separately to play at the open mic... Oh, well, I just put y'all there, but you can, like... like, But if it's end of the night, we're, like, jamming. Okay, so you guys... All three of you guys are jamming. 
playing a song, having a good time. Um, what is a, I'm just trying to think of a liar punji uh uh drum and bagpipe so oh, it's gonna be horrible that's <laughs> that's rip that's gonna rip what song are you covering what song what's your charisma because i feel like aaron and i are all right but uh no my charisma my charisma is pretty good my charisma is uh, right. actually my charisma is out of control it's a 19 why don't y'all make a performance oh check for me oh performance check aaron roll a d20 yeah. Right, so Aaron, roll a d20, and um, you should have something that says performance. Oh. Add the number that's next to it, if there is one. I should have I'm one. all right. I, I got an 18. Performance? Um, yeah, so you have a list of skills, and yeah. there will be, like, a little number next to all of them. Yeah. And one of them is performance. Okay. So I can roll, find a, roll if... a d20, and then add that number to your performance bonus. There Aaron, we go. You've you got a plus six. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Aaron rolled a seventeen. Okay, seventeen. I also rolled a seventeen. I rolled an eighteen. Okay, so you guys are jamming. I rolled a fifteen. People are Uh, feeling it. It's going well. But then over, um, over by the bar, uh, not the two that are. I so I have on this Mac. I've noted two people, but it's not them. Other two other people by the bar have gotten into some sort of an argument. Uh, You're not over sure exactly what. But uh, there's yelling and there's fighting and they're interrupting your performance at the moment. Uh, do you keep playing? Um, no. Go ahead. No, you go. I should just say that uh, uh, Glycon's uh, rate, like reason for being is, is pro-snake propaganda. Oh. Um, he thinks snakes have been unfairly maligned in okay. culture. Um, so I think I think I think if the jam session gets interrupted. Um, uh, uh, he, he's. I, I have a plan. If we if, if we if we agree to stop playing, I have a way to make the situation worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm basically asking, I'm like, dancing. do you guys want to start this fight, or should I start this fight? I guess is the question at hand. I mean, does does one of these people call the other one a snake? Because I feel like then <laughs> then Blackon's going to be like, just throw your instrument aside. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? I like that. The, one of the guys has uh, been trying to con this man out of um, some money all night. <laughs> Uh, talking at the bar, trying to schmooze an attractive-looking individual. And the other guy, someone else leans over when that schmoozy guy leans over to ask for another drink. And there's the guy next to him who leans over and kind of whispers something. And then when the uh, con man comes back, the guy goes, you little snake! And, like, starts arguing with him about, like, how con yeah. is wrong. And... Okay. Um, in that case, yeah, I'm immediately going going to, to fly into a rage. Um this is a chaotic good character, uh, I should say. <laughs> Great. Um, oh, Sam, this should be fun. <laughs> oh, fun. I'm uh, chaotic so neutral, so... The word snake, amazing. The word snake uh, echoes through the uh, suddenly quiet um, bar as it, like, it's just extremely loud the way it's said. And, uh, Glycon, you hear this words and you stop playing. And, um... They oh, look at you and they go, "You got a problem?" I'm I'm actually going to keep playing just a different oh. song. I'm going to cast Minor Illusion. Uh, I want to I want a snake to appear out of that guy's drink. Okay. <laughs> like like the illusion of a snake to rise out of to rise out of his beverage. Um, what are the rules on Minor Illusion? Could you remind <laughs> us? Like also, uh, <laughs> <laughs> here it, we go. 
It is a cantrip. Um, I don't. Do I just? I mean, I don't know. It's a. It's a cantrip. So we don't have it. So it's a cantrip. Okay. So roll. Um, roll a roll like a charisma check. Just roll charisma for your magic with advantage. Um, with advantage. Great. That's great news. Um, (laughs) uh, Hmm, I take it that was a bad roll. What? Uh, it was, but the second one was better. Fourteen. Okay, so how? What kind of snake is this? An asp. An asp. Ooh, a dangerous fucking snake. This snake slides like kind of all of a sudden is in this drink and is like slithering out on the table, and he goes ah, ah, ah and he like throws it at the other person. <laughs> he throws this drink at the other person. I and... think the snake disappeared. The, the minute the minute the drink goes flying, the snake is gone. So the snake is gone, but the drink has already done the, the damage. And the person who we threw the drink on is like, all right, we're fucking doing this. And then uh, all hell breaks loose. Hell yeah. And uh, you see these two very strong, thuggish individuals look at each other and go, yeah, fight! And uh, start like beating up like people nearby. Um you see, like, a noble in the corner who's just like, oh, no, oh, my God, hide me. And you see, like, some very confused individuals at the bar. Um, but all of them are yelling. One of the thugs does go in your direction. Uh, why don't y'all roll for initiative? I'm going to roll a bunch of initiatives here because, fuck me, why did I do this to myself? What do I roll? Um, you roll the d20 and then add your initiative number. Uh, or your dexterity okay, number. I'm a 15. Uh, 13. You're f- okay. All right. Glycon. Lauren. What'd you get? Um, what'd you get, Liliana? Eight. That's fine. Okay, yeah. Eight, eight. it is. Yeah. Uh, I, you gotta give me a minute because I gotta roll for all of these different people. One second. <laughs> uh, huh? While you're while you're doing terrible math, yeah, um, please go ahead and like fill <laughs> fill fill the void. Say well, something. I, 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 I'm just curious. So there, there's I see on the on the screen there's a there's a noble. Is that like just like a like a human, just like a like a fancy a very well dressed human man? Yes, he's okay, kind well, of older. He has like glasses. He's like a little bit like we you know he kind of looks like he hasn't gotten outside very much. A little pasty, okay. like he's not very happy. He must be like traveling. There's he has a bodyguard with him. Okay. Um, what are the, and what's the deal with the thugs? Also humans or or uh, the thugs? So it's actually a man and a woman. They seem like they must be a couple, but they are incredibly strong dwarves. Beefy, beefy, beefy dwarf, beefy dwarven couple, man and woman, dwarf, <laughs> male and female dwarf. Fenardier berserkers. Um, okay. <laughs> and then there's a wizard in the back corner. Uh, yeah. So it looks like edit. you know, kind of like a young. He looks like a student in a way. It looks like he's um, like he's wearing you know robes from maybe like there's a nearby uh, university where it seems that he's studying, and he's hanging out with a member of what looks to be a city watch, but he appears to be off duty at the moment. So he's like a grad student wizard, or. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a grad student wizard. Exactly. Did these two wander in here from Terry Pratchett? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like I know those guys. There's also, you'll note on the map that I made a bandit. Ooh, who rolled a fucking one. Okay, 
Um, we're running so out of time because I didn't plan this very well. But essentially, <laughs> um, Doran, you go first. Okay. Um, well, I am, am cut to the heart by these thugs just randomly using this as an opportunity to beat up on people. And so I'm going to target uh, the one that's closer to me. I don't know if that's the man or the woman. Um, um, that will be the woman. Okay. Just just as an attempt to uh, get her to, to calm down and stop. Um, okay. What are you going to do? I am going to, what do I have that can actually help here? Um, <laughs> oh, this is fun. I'm going to cast Hideous Laughter. Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Hideous Laughter is a creature of your choice that you can see within range, perceives everything is hilariously funny, and falls into fits of laughter if this spell affects it. What's um, the saving throw? It has succeeded on a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom. Not very wi- Not very wise. I rolled a 20. Oh no, uh, I have to make the saving throw. <laughs> oh, saving throw first, right, yeah. Wait, you um, critted? I did, but I don't know if it's going to be worth anything. Um, unfortunately, it's not because it's just a wisdom save on the part of the thug. The thug yeah. did roll a 10, though. What is your uh, spell save, DC? Oh, shoot. I don't know. It should be um, like 10 plus your spell casting modifier. It is 13. Okay, so it succeeds. Your spell succeeds. Um, so, yeah, this woman thug just kind of starts going... Kind of- <laughs> and just starts like laughing uncontrollably like leaning against the table like leaning so hard that she's almost breaking it um but yeah she's like uh laughing i'll just write that note down here um great so she's laughing does she make a save on each of her tur- at the end of her turn she makes a save on each turn yeah okay cool um is that your are you gonna go anywhere are you gonna stay on stage um, I am after that going to round on the man, so I'm going to move towards okay. sort of closer to the bar. Okay, you're going to move closer to the bar, like in between the bar and the thug man. So, like about there, would you say? Maybe like uh, a little bit closer to the table. Probably, yeah, probably closer to the to the yeah. Okay, yeah, that'll do. It. Okay, so you move, and that is your turn. Um, next up is uh, Glycon's turn, actually. I rolled really shitty for a lot of these guys here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, bad news for them. Okay, is anybody else making trouble besides these besides these thugs? I mean, you see these people that I've labeled here. Like, the whole bar is filled with people who are, are like, fighting. Like, everyone is okay. just casting spells all over the place at this point. Some at you, some at each other. Like, it's just fucking madness. Okay. Um, in that case, in order to uh, prove uh, how you know moral and upright snakes and the snake uh, adjacent are, uh-huh. um, uh, I'm going to try and, and 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 stop and calm down the fight, which okay. means I'm going to cast I'm going to cast hypnotic pattern um, um, and just make everybody shut the hell up. Okay. What is the range on hypnotic pattern? It's too big. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a 30-foot it's a cube. A 30-foot um, cube? The cast is a 30-foot... Hey, let me let me make sure I have the uh, uh, the range correctly. Um, it's a... 120 feet. A hundred, a hundred... Wait, so do you aim it at a person, or is it like everyone within 120 feet of you? 
you create a twisting pattern of colors that weaves through the air inside a 30-foot cube within range, and the pattern appears for a moment and then vanishes. And then everybody, every every creature in the area who sees the pattern has to cast a wisdom saving throw. Oh, my gosh. And on a failed save, the creature becomes charmed for the duration, um, and uh, which is a minute. Okay. And while charmed by the spell, the creature is incapacitated and has a speed of zero. Wow. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Sounds um, like you Aaron, can you, aim it. Uh, where Aaron, do you... you have advantage against being charmed, Aaron with an eye? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For okay. Because um, going to affect us too. Okay. So, uh, are you aiming it? It looks like you have. It's a one hundred and twenty foot range. So, are you aiming it away from you guys? You're just like. Well, if I have a hundred and twenty foot range, I yeah, I, I think I'd like to kind of aim it actually kind of behind the bar, which seems to be the source of a lot of the action. So then behind the bar. Uh, Seems that seems to be where people's attention is. Uh, so I'd like to aim it there to really sort of focusing in that zone gets sort of whacked out, and also so it doesn't uh, impact my comrades. Okay, yep. Yeah, it's so okay. I see what you're saying here. So yeah, I think I'll make it so that you do it far enough back so that you miss uh, uh, Doron, who's there. Um, cool. But it does hit uh, Thug Man and Thug Woman. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. dwarves and a couple of other people. So let me just roll some uh, saves really quick. One sec. Um, what is your DC? Your spell save DC? Um. Oh no. Let me find it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, um, I think it's ten plus your charisma modifier, like your spellcasting oh, modifier. In that case, it is uh, fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Um. The dwarven man saves. Damn. I think the woman who is like laughing hysterically probably gets disadvantage. Yeah. Um, and she fails. Hell yeah. So the woman is both calm. Well, so she's laughing and she's calm. I'm not sure how that works exactly. Incapacitated. Just out. <laughs> she like she like has an aneurysm and is on the floor unconscious. Like, yeah. but I mean, still her body's laughing. But like, <laughs> her brain is not. Yeah, it's really it's like, really fucked right. up. It's really it, weird. Um, that sounds like uh, what dentists do before they take out your wisdom teeth. You're sort of like physically moved yeah. and <laughs> psychically sort of not present. Um, wow, I am not rolling. Well, okay. So um, the city watch member saves. Um, the wizard uh, rolled a natural one. <laughs> that wizard is a terrible grad student. That wizard is just so fucking calm. He's like, guys, chill. It's fine. Guys. It's fine. Guys, it'll He's be actually fine. telling other people to look at the hypnotic pattern. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey. <laughs> um, okay, so you do a fair amount of uh, damage here. There are a lot of calmed individuals, calm. What does that mean for the beha- for their uh, behavior? Um, I think they're all just uh, everybody who's da, 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 da. speed of zero. Yeah, speed of zero, incapacitated. Just uh, uh, the spell ends for an affected creature if it takes any damage, or if someone else uses an action to shake the creature out of its stupor. So they're all just. I think everybody's just high as hell. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, there's a definite lull. It's definitely very chill. Uh, are you going to just stay where you are? Yeah, I'm just playing the most stereotypical uh, snake charmer uh, uh, little... Ooh, reverse snake charmer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, 
It's the careless whisper of, of, of the punch. So um, uh, the city watch guard is actually going to, it's his turn, and he succeeded on his save. So he's going to go, hmm, what is, how far can he even move? 30 feet? I don't know if he can reach y'all. Let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, yep. Yeah. He just gets in range of you, Glycon. He's like, hey, stop that right now. And um, uh, I nudge, I nudge the, the tip, the tip jar, the tip. I assume it's like a hat. I nudge it closer <laughs> to him with my foot. I do not stop playing my instrument. <laughs> he um, he goes at you with a spear. Well, that's unkind. He's very drunk. <laughs> he rolled a natural one, though. So uh <laughs> here. I mean, stop that right! Stop what you're doing! And they just like he like just I don't know he kind of trips and like he moves too close to the stage is what happens and he like like hits himself in the gut with the corner of the stage like <laughs> um, so that's his turn. Um, next up is uh, the dwarven man because the dwarven woman is like like her body is like freaking out and the dwarven man is like what did you do to my wife and he's gonna go. He's going to go for you too, Glycon. I'm sorry. Um, but he has the space. He's going to jump up onto the stage. And, Hang on. Does um, he, does he, he has to jump over the guard, though. I mean, he can move around. I guess okay. I see what you mean. I'll make him make an acrobatics check. Why the fuck not? Um, yeah. Acrobatics is a 15, so he does make it. Damn. And, um, Good jump. Yeah. He was... He's... He's very impressively spry. And he's going to pull out his mace oh. and make an attack on you. <laughs> try to get you to stop playing. That. God damn it. I rolled a 10. That is not going to beat my AC. Oh, my God. Which is a 13. I would just like to point out, I am a bard. I do have, <laughs> I am wearing. Yeah, I'm just rolling like this. absolute shit. I don't know why my AC is so low. I mean, you're also level five, so mixed bag. Um, okay, yeah. Liliana, do you want to try to have a turn? Because it is your turn. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really, all of this is really sort of garish and um, unattractive <laughs> for me. So I'm going to go over to the bandit, who is the only one who hasn't been entranced yet, and uh, learn a little bit more about this bandit. <laughs> You're going to go over to the bandit? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, sure, we'll say you can make it over there. Why not? Um, oh, and so she gets over there and she just froze on screen. So um, in the digital chat. Oh, she's back. Back. I was going to say that you um, had a moment where you walked up to the bandit and then got really anxious, but you're back. So what are you going to do? Um, so can I, uh, can I use the friends cantrip? Um, sure. That will give you advantage on, um, that will give you advantage on, uh, something if you want to try to persuade him to do something or something. Which I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I want to know what kind of bandit he is. Like, has he already procured the things he is seeking? Uh, I'm sorry. So are you hitting on him or? (laughs) I think, I think she's setting herself up to rob him. Are you are you trying like, to? Maybe. So what are you trying to? You're just trying to get him to talk to you. Is that what you're trying to? 
I just want to know what what he what kind of bandit he is. What you know, what his passions are. You just, so you're you're hitting on him a little bit. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm trying to find out what he has. And <laughs> what kind of what kind okay, of? Okay, all right, all right. I get you. Um, yeah. Roll a persuasion check. Roll a charisma check with advantage. Okay, so how do I do that? I do. Roll a d20 and add your charisma modifier. Okay. It's very high. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're a bard, so. So I do plus three or 16, which is my total? Plus, what? No, plus three. Plus three, okay. Oh. You rolled 10. You're crazy. Oh, 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 but you have advantage, so roll again. Oh, no, sorry, that's saving throw. Um, So she can roll again if she wants to because she has, you have advantage, so you should roll again. Roll a d20 again. Okay, so I do... Because you cast friends. Roll... Uh, 20 plus... Wait, and Jesse said six? I thought it was six, but I might be looking at your persu- uh, your um, saving throw. Yeah, I have three. 16. Okay. There we go. Plus there you go. So that works. That'll do it. So you go up to, in the midst of this chaos... This weird chaos around you. Glycon is like enticing the audience. People are failing to attack him because they're so drunk. There's still some people kind of battling in this area, but they're all kind of like just standing around watching like everyone in the middle of the room just kind of being calmly standing there for some reason. And you just walk up and you go, hey. Um, and the, the bandit is, who is this kind of like, He's, like, clearly a traveler. Like, he has, like, these, like... He's, a, like, a like a half-elf, and he just has this, like, dirty... Like, he doesn't look like he's showered in a while. Like, he's got a bit of a beard, and he's just kind of, like... Uh, and you're, he's, like, you want to you wanna know what I've got? <laughs> Do you say anything yeah. back? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, like... I found... I went and explored this, like abandoned homestead recently and I found like this what looks I think it's an heirloom and he pulls out like a gold like um a set of gold rings and he's like yeah I mean it's kind of cool right I wonder who these were from okay can I charm him and have him give them to me um you you should try rolling perception because you've got plus six on that or not perception, sorry, yeah, persuasion. Yeah, try persuasion. Um, and since I'll you still have out, friends... We're in a room full of hypnotized people. <laughs> just, yeah. You can team up and rob everyone. Uh, yeah, but I'm just, like, really interested in learning more about this character. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness, okay. So, you 20 plus 6? Um, yeah. yeah, roll your persuasion. 11. Plus 6. No, she rolled a 5. Plus 6. Oh, oh, yikes. And um, I'm not sure if Friends is an ongoing... Hold on, I'm going to look up Friends for you. Uh, Because I have a feeling... um, It's up to one minute. It's up to one minute? Yeah. And it gives you advantage on charisma checks. Persuasion is charisma-based, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so roll again. The same thing? Yeah, roll. You have advantage, so you can roll a second time. 20. There you go. All right, a non natural 20. 
Uh, yeah. You, um, what are you trying to persuade him again? To take the rings. I want the rings. Uh, he, yeah. So you kind of go, oh, they look like, they look kind of, those look kind of nice. Can I try them? And he's like, oh, yeah. I, I bet they look really nice on your pretty little fingers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he, uh, he hands them over. He places the rings on your fingers. You can see his dirt under his fingernails. Ew. <laughs> Should be washing his hands. <laughs> Should be washing his hands. He is patient zero. Um, so yeah, so you you now have rings. Um, I think that's probably plenty of checks for your turn, though. So I think that's going to be your turn. Um, next up uh, is, I guess, the bodyguard who has to make a saving throw on his turn for being calmed, right? Um, right, Glycon? For being hypnotized? For being hypnotized? Yes. Yeah, wisdom saving throw. Yeah, yeah, so he stands there for his turn, and he rolls a fucking two, so... Um, nothing. Nothing. He's still standing there, <laughs> calmly, kind of like brushing his hair back. Um, <laughs> as... Creating. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's interesting, it's interesting stuff. Uh, definitely a lot of craziness going on. Um... So, Doran, what? So, before we go on to the next um, person, Doran, what is your uh, what is your passive perception? <laughs> um, I don't remember how to figure that out. Uh, pretty oh, hang, sure. It's... Hang on, I've got I've got it over here. I just have to make sure that I'm looking at the right uh, sure. character sheet. Um, passive perception eleven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in that case. We're gonna move on. Um, next is <laughs> oh, no. the next is the bandit turns bandit's turn. He at this point is just kind of like looking at uh, Liliara and going, "You're pretty." <laughs> you know, I heard that there was like a fancy spring somewhere in the mountains nearby. Do you want to go? <laughs> I think we should go. It's gonna be empty right now. It's really late. And. I'm done. I've gotten everything I need out of uh, this bandit, and I'm ready to go back to my friends and figure out. So you kindly, you kindly, you kindly decline. Um, <laughs> and that is the end of the entire round. Uh, and unfortunately, we only have like a minute and a half left. So I don't know if we can keep playing, but um, I think we're gonna have to stop the game here. Um, and hopefully, like, hopefully that was, I mean, not as crazy as I expected it to be, but I will say, <laughs> Doran, um, will say that, uh, the authorities come in and because everyone's calmed down, uh, the bar fight ends and everything's fine. There's but no fight. There's no, there's fight. no fight. But, uh, no fight. you notice, Doran, as everyone is leaving, everyone's kind of like complaining about like, they're like, what, why are all of my, where's my money? And Doran, you notice that you have also been pickpocketed during this Ooh. arguments, and you have a seeking suspicion that uh, there was someone in the room who might have stolen all of your cash during this brawl, um, which was what that perception roll was. But with 30 seconds left, thank you guys so much again for playing. I hope that you all stay happy and healthy. Um, check out Electric Lit. They are a digital um, provider of stories um as is roll 20 and as are we here um stay happy everyone and thank you again to my lovely guests for being here thank you thank you, thank you. everybody stay home yes, yes. stay home, stay home. Stay home. Stay home.
Don't follow my example. 